welcome to What Will We Watch, the podcast, where we revisit our favorite childhood films for the first time as adults and reflect on our memories of them. My name's Will. I'm the Will in the title. And this week, we are going all the way back to 1995 to check out that green, silly thing that flies around the room and hits you in the head. It is Flubber. After a lifetime of failures, what a bang! Professor Philip Brainerd finally invented something that works. Yes! Unfortunately, it's Flubber. Robin Williams, Flubber, the absent-minded professor, rated PG, starts Wednesday, November 26th. And joining me today to discuss uh, this bizarre 1995 film is the one boy who I love to discuss movies with. His name is Dana Bontempo. Hey. Uh, dude, great to have you. It's great to be back. It's Damn, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in, in the listeners' podcast feed, they can just scroll right down and go see Dana Bontempo was just on the podcast. But really, it's been a couple months. It's been in your time. That little maneuver cost you three months. Two and a half. Three, three and a half months. Because I was in... When do we do Spy Kids? I okay. You're making an Interstellar reference. Yeah, I am. I'm trying to. It didn't work out. That's I went okay. to go see a friend of mine recently who I haven't seen in a long time. Yes, and I literally it felt like because they I was aged seeing... so poorly. No, he oh. was just hasn't talked to anyone in a long time. Yeah, and it felt like when Anne Hathaway returns to the ship. Yeah, and that guy's like, it's been 24 years, and I was <laughs> That's like, "That's a great impersonation of that guy." <laughs> and I was so, I felt so, I, I, I was like, "I gotta let this guy talk." He, yeah, he hasn't talked in a long time. Yeah, um, great visit though. I'm not gonna late name him just in case he's listening, and it might be mean. Uh, Dana Von Tempo, you're a fantastic filmmaker. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, and you're one of my favorite people to be in this podcast with. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, you're you're my favorite person to be in the in the podcast i'm the only person with the podcast you know so i better be um run through the movies really quick that you've been on for we discussed iron giant yep atlantis uh, atlantis Um, the lost empire yeah the lost atlantis colon the lost empire and we found it baby and we found we found something we found something down there emperor's new groove uh yeah all right oh you mean the 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 two-parter we did yes the, the history of the Emperor's New Group. Yeah, yeah. We covered. <laughs> and then we and then covered. We the talked about movie. the Emperor's New Group for. <laughs> we talked about three hours of Emperor's New Group. Yes. Oh my God! This is not. This episode is going to go long. I bet. This one we have some things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then. Uh, oh, Spy Kids one, two, and three. Yes. yes. Fun times, man. It has been fun. You've been a good. A good staple, or a good stable on this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, It's great to have you back. We are discussing uh, the 1995 Walt Disney classic, Flubber. Yes. Now, I, I kind of wanted to sum up this movie, because I realize sometimes we talk about movies, and we don't always tell the audience what they are. Right. And some people forget. We're assuming everyone's seen Flubber. Yeah. But, but if, we shouldn't. No. We shouldn't assume. Because why would you? You'd make an ass out of, out of you and me. me. So uh, yeah. I wrote a quick little film summary. Oh, that's Just nice. to remind the audience what happens in Flubber. Because sometimes, honestly, Flubber kind of people remember Flubber. They don't always remember the plethora of yeah, interesting I characters. I certainly didn't. 
I'd say Flubber is the least interesting character in this entire movie. I think the screen time dedicated to Flubber themselves uh, is is minuscule. It's like Dark Knight Rises. It's like Dark Knight Rises. There's li- little Flubber in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I I kind of summed up the movie like this. While searching for an alternative fuel source, scientist Philip Brainerd, uh, played by Robin Williams, discovers a super bouncy and chaotic substance called Flubber. But is it enough to save his relationship? That's how I'm summing up the movie. That's a great synopsis. That's a great little summary. It leaves out maybe the most interesting character, Weebo. Weebo. Weebo? Weebo. Weebo. What are those th- what are those people called who love anime? Weeboos? Weebos? Dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it leaves out Weebo. Yeah, yeah. A very interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, what uh, what's your Flubber memory, Dana? Uh, the mem- my memory of Flubber, um, so it came out ninety six on ninety six. Did it come out? Oh shit! Did oh my it, god! I think it came out. I think it actually came out in ninety six. I think it was made in ninety five. Have I been saying Flubber? Oh my god, we're both wrong. It's nineteen ninety seven. It came out in ninety seven. I'm sorry, audience. That's okay. I speak for the audience. Thank you. Um, so. Uh yeah, I was one when this came out, but I do remember having the VHS in my house. Uh and I I remember I seem to remember revisiting it quite often. Yeah. But just like movies in my early childhood, especially when I was between the ages of 1 and 3, I think it's one of those movies that I've seen a bunch of times but haven't retained much of the details, probably cuz I just I, I didn't find this as interesting as let's say Batman Returns, no, or Batman and Robin, or Batman Forever, because it's mostly, it's mostly gags. It's mainly gags, which I think works in its favor. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Yeah. But um, I didn't remember too much about it. I remembered uh the physical VHS cover of Robin Williams's uh uh kind loving face and uh him in glasses and his hair sort of all uh poofed out like he's just been in an explosion and him carrying flubber in his hand the, that green little gelatin bastard yeah in his hand this is kids gremlin this is kids gremlin this is gremlin for little kids yeah 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 because they're is. so yeah that's like that that covers being like hey this yeah. thing's gonna cause some trouble yeah uh-oh and he's given a rob williams is giving one of these uh-oh looks yeah right what's gonna happen so yeah i remember that um i remember uh I remember Wee Weebo, Weebo. Really? Yeah, his flying flying robot assistant. I had zero memory of you didn't anything remember? but uh you know what? I'll get to my my memory sure. first. I didn't remember anything. You didn't remember anything. Just Flubber. Just the actual green yeah, little guy. But keep going. Um yeah, that's really pretty much it. I seem to remember a flying car at some point, but I didn't know how prevalent it was to the the plot. Yeah. I think I just remember them flying around in the sky in it. At, and I seem to put that at the end of the movie in my in my brain in my mind's eye. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than those two things, I don't. I didn't remember much I'm, of this movie. I am surprised with how, uh, with how kind of like set PC yeah. this movie is. Yeah. And how it goes so huge in certain directions to make like totally. sequences really pop. I'm surprised that none of them stuck with me. 
Yeah. I would think that the flying car would stick with me. I'd think that the uh, super jump basketball, basketball game scene. would stick with me. I would think that like the villain who's an evil, evil businessman yeah. or uh, or the flying robot who can talk. I yeah. thought that would all stick with me. That, I'm surprised it. that flying robot didn't stick with you at all. Yeah. Did uh, what about the bowling ball and the um, the golf ball? Now game? that did stick with. I me. remember. I seem to remember that. I remember. I where, have you been on before where I talk about as a child I was uh, physically uh oh uh what's it called repelled oh. by violence. No, I hated seeing violence done to anyone in a movie oh, you're such as a, a sweet kid. kid. And so the only things that stuck with me in this movie and in pretty much most movies when i was a kid yeah was the feeling that movies were mean <laughs> like this movie felt like a mean movie to me you're not wrong home alone also felt like a home mean alone movie is to a me. mean movie um and so i just remember robin williams uh with uh like putting the flubber on his butt yeah and then jumping out of the window and the flubber scooting away just in time for him to land yes and I remember that and being like, "That's that's mean. a fucked up movie." Yeah. And I remember the bowling balls hitting the the the, the thugs in the head. Yeah. Um, enjoyed a lot more on a rewatch as yeah. an adult. <laughs> yeah, as an adult. <laughs> I also mean think that things this... are funny as a <laughs> Very... kid. Mean things are no upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that this was probably this or Jumanji, my first introduction to Robin Williams, and I think it's. Maybe the reason why I don't have such a fond love for Robin Williams. Interesting. I enjoy him. I appreciate him. Yeah. But people who were raised with Aladdin first, I think love really have Rob Williams. Uh huh. Yeah. I um. I think this might have been my first introduction to Rob Williams. As wow. Well. We were tainted. We were tainted. Where our image of him was tainted. Yeah. Um. Uh, although I love him in this movie. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't have as much freedom as he did in like jumanji i'm gonna ask you about this later yes but that does come up okay because he is walking through the paces of what you expect from a robin williams performance for sure with improv yes but it he doesn't feel like he's really jumping off the page doesn't um last time i watched this yes i was very drunk at the tail end of a triple feature yeah with uh with jade and Two guests of the show, Jade and Fraser. Yeah. And uh, and we were at the tail end of a triple feature where we were just smoking and drinking. Yeah. And uh, and we got about 15 minutes into Flubber before we all had to call it quits. Wow. And we all went home. Not interesting enough. It was really interesting. We were too drunk. What was... This is the, the the third movie in your triple feature? Yeah. What was this following? I don't remember the first one. Were they Robin Williams movies? No. They were all very mismatched. I remember that. Okay. Uh, I do remember, I think we did 2016 Legend of Tarzan. <laughs> okay. With uh, Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah. And that one is actually a, a uh, pretty who's... nice time to drink through because it's really dumb. If you're drinking and uh, with some friends, that yeah. thing is ridiculous. Legend of Tarzan. Yeah. 2016. It's so stupid. Um, but yeah, so that's really the last time I would have watched Flubber, and I it didn't last on me. No. Um, but yeah, what do you think it is about Flubber that made it stick with you? Um, I think how silly goofy it is. And I like silly goofy things. It's a silly goose time. It's a silly goose time. Um, it's also, um, 
I was thinking about this when uh, upon the rewatch as as I was watching it. Um, I wonder if any of his absent-mindedness. Um, I can't. You can't learn absent-mindedness from a movie. Oh, you think <laughs> it might have connected with I, you? I was watching it. I was like, oh, I do that. Do you? I also have such a connection to this character. I was watching this and I was like, this is exactly what it's like to date me. Yeah, Yeah, you forget about weddings the day of. No. For three times in a row. But stupid things. Yeah, stupid things. I do. I'm incredibly absent minded. (laughs) There's a couple times in this movie where I was like, okay, extreme example, extreme. Um, exaggeration yeah. of something that I might have done in the past. Yeah, in a relationship. That's so funny. That or we like felt that him like um, forgetting something or like forgetting an an appointment. Yeah, um, because of your because work. because of your work or like getting caught up doing something. Yeah, and he's like working away and his and Weibo 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 is is saying like oh you got a thing at at seven. You're getting married at, at seven. Yeah. Uh, and then he and he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no worries. No worries. But first I gotta do this. Yes. Yeah, that's first, first I must You know it's funny, both me we've both had this podcast yeah. on the calendar for fourteen yeah, days. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we both left this movie till last night. Yeah, we both <laughs> we both did that. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, I Jade yeah, Jade I, I bet I, it's, I've I've gotten better. But yeah, me too. I, I am a nightmare today. And yeah. uh, everyone in my family, besides my sister, terrible, terrible. Man. We're all absent-minded, really, and um, and all of our girlfriends have pretty much the same frustration of like, why the hell are you like this? Yeah, and now I got a great excuse. It's because because I watched Flubber when I was no. two years old. I mean, it is that, but it's also you can say that you're not gonna get forgiven, but no. you can say every part of my being loves you, and I'm too busy loving you. Yeah. To remember to do things. To remember to do things. Which is Robin Williams. His speech. And I I think it's horseshit. It is complete horseshit. He just, <laughs> he's distracted. He doesn't have a good calendar. He doesn't prioritize his relationship. He prioritizes yeah. his work. Yeah. it's And it, in the end, we will get to it. But we'll get I to do it. have questions if there is growth through this movie. For sure. Because this movie has a lot of great writing. It's yeah. written by John Hughes. And it's such a strong... There's some really beautiful, eloquent ideas pondered in I this would movie. Absolutely but at the end, that. I don't know if he changes, and we can discuss. We'll that. discuss that. We'll get to that. Want to get into uh, a little bit of the history and production? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So I guess they went in production in '95. Then, or because I mean, if you want to jump to the production of Flubber, we can do that. Or we can go all the way back to 1943. Oh, you want to go to 1943? Is that the short sh- the short story that was written about? Or, oh, or, Dave or has you... done his research. Oh, uh-oh. What's, what does Sandler say? In... Uh-oh. Dana learned how to putt. <laughs> Great Christopher McDonald reference. Uh, <laughs> oh, we us... we got to do we got to do Happy Gilmore at some point. Oh, we t- yeah, totally. Okay, okay. Right. I'm I'm down for that. Um, so uh, Taylor W. I mean, sorry, Samuel W. Taylor uh, wrote a short story in 1943 uh, for a magazine called The Situation of Gravity. Walt Disney uh, took that short story, um, and they released uh, Absent-minded Professor in 1961. 
which is pretty much this film. I watched it last night. It's available on Dis- on Dis- Dis- Disney+. Plus. I did a back-to-back Flubber, Absent-Minded Professor. Very much the same. Flubber is just uh, beefed up and given a lot more whimsy. Yeah, yeah. I would say... Um... I would say in in the absent-minded professor, Did which watch? is yeah. I watched some clips from it, nice and um, big chitty chitty bang bang vibes. Yes, um, and we'll get again. We'll get to we'll get to this a little in a bit, but um, I actually kind of like it. I kind of like the black and white I, absent-minded professor. I liked it. The bigger thing I was looking at was the were the effects. I know, like it's not bad. So they do. Basically, Flubber's just drawn. Fl- yeah, Flubber doesn't really have like a... No. It's like Flubber's not dancing. He's not yeah. doing a Vegas show Person. number. Or they're <laughs> um, not doing a Vegas show that's number. Right. Um, it's kind of just like a ball of goo. Yeah. Or a drawn black splotch running around the, the yeah. screen. But there is the basketball sequence in that movie. That's right. And I'm fascinated how they did that. Because it couldn't have been wires. You don't think it was wires? Did they have wires? that good of wire work back then could oh, they like hide to paint wires yeah because I mean, it's maybe. really fascinating what else came out in 1960 when was it 60 the matrix well yeah the matrix yeah. was 63 so, so if that, they, did, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had the good the, bullet time no they wouldn't have done figured that out no because that was digital but the wire oh crushing tiger hidden dragon with that yeah, wire that work. was nine that was 61 yeah so that so. could have easily easily been the absent-minded professor 1961 definitely influenced yeah Hidden, hidden dragon, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. Ang Lee's crouching tiger. <laughs> hidden dragon. Um, um, but uh, you know, sixties they did they did a lot of like uh, Star Trek. Yeah, sixties. Uh, I mean, yeah, I they could. Yeah, it, I I was very impressed. I was impressed as well. The basketball sequence from Absent Minded Professor was really well done. They it's might have done worth, like trampolines and shit like that. It's really worth watching. It is. Um, and the flying car, even there's a scene where, because uh, they have a flying car yeah. in the original, that's like a big part of it, just yeah. as it is in this one. Uh, but the but it's flying... one of those, you know, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a chitty chitty bang bang car. Yeah. It's, it's a motor car, is what it was, <laughs> and it it goes on top of, uh, it hovers above, um, that the, this film's version, of the the villain professor. Yeah, and it it steers his car from hooking its wheels into the roof of that car and it steers him into a police officer so i don't know how they fucking did that um i there's so many things where i'm like on a crane or something yeah where and even at at the end they take off and 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 they fly into the sky and i'm like are they superimposing or are they or are they putting this fucking car on a crane and just whipping it through suburbia like yeah one i don't know how it fucking works um really enjoyable effects it is they are yes Uh, it is disney at the height of disney yeah and with walt and with walt being there so he's probably being like no do it again no do it again no do it again that makes sense yeah um 1963 they released the sequel son of flubber yep which we never got the film was rebooted in 1988 absent-minded professor and the sequel, Trading Places, was released the following year. Yep. In an, this is a fun thing. Yeah. I didn't watch either of those movies. Me neither. I didn't watch them on a recommendation from a very good filmmaker. Okay. In an interview, Taxi Driver screenwriter Paul Schrader. <laughs> uh, Paul Schrader, incredible filmmaker. Famously, he was raised heavily religious, so much so that he never watched a movie until his, I'm pretty sure his 30s. Shit, is that true? 
probably his 20s but yeah. he never watched a movie the first movie he ever watched <laughs> was the absent-minded professor the 61 yeah yeah in theaters and he came out and he just said i'm very unimpressed <laughs> but it's funny thinking that that was his that introduction was his to cinema to cinema yeah and you'd think that's such an opposite steven spielberg uh story like yeah wasn't it spielberg or george lucas or something who saw the greatest show on earth or something like some old ass fucking movie with like a lot of in-camera special optical effects and stuff like yeah. that and was like completely dazzled by it and like this is what i'm going to do for the rest of my life and it's such a nice beautiful like moral story i mean there's so many things transgressive about paul schrader and then but paul the fact schrader that his... watches this like disney like optical effects like wonderful beautiful movie for his first for his time first time and he's like ah this is kind of shit and then he watched like the cruel gun story yeah. and he was like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's this exactly. is more about this is this represents my life a little bit more yeah <laughs> i empathize with this, this is the amount of pain and punishment <laughs> i need <laughs> yeah. god i love paul schrader yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah then we get to 1995 yeah uh they start developing flubber uh using they the start original... actually developing a flying rubber substance and it it doesn't take. It doesn't. It doesn't pick up. <laughs> no. So, so they honestly <laughs> decide to make a movie instead. Those bastards at Disney, using uh, the original screenplay basis, they brought on John Hughes, who is like, you know, I think he just done Home Alone three. He's like yeah. in the full Hughes thing. Yeah. Um, Brought him on to write it, and he pretty much just beefs up the script. Uh, uses a lot of the same dialogue too, which is very interesting. Not a lot. It, he uses some of some of the same. Dialogue. It is. It is. There are a lot of the same lines, like one-liners and gags. Yeah, the film's incredibly, uh, um, like dedicated to the original, where yeah. they even use a lot of the same shots. Yeah. Um, which is really really interesting. Yeah, um, that's cool. The director, Les Mayfield. Yeah. Uh. He made Encino Man, Miracle on 34th Street, um, and he came in, and he was director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, it's just funny because it's he's just such a... It's kind of a... I don't know. I don't want to shit talk it, but it's... I don't, I'll it, do it. He doesn't jump off the screen. No, he doesn't. It. I think, I think uh, we'll just researching uh, out of the one paragraph there is on Wikipedia about Les Mayfield... Um, I mean, Dana, how many paragraphs on Wikipedia are there about you? Um, there's none. Yeah, don't, there's absolutely none. Don't measure a man by his by Wikipedia. his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, he sounds like he. Hey fans, why don't you go on Wikipedia and make Dana Von Teppo Wikipedia? <laughs> make me a fictional. W- Wiki- Could you make me a Wikipedia page? <laughs> All right. I want to be canon. Get back to it. All right. Uh, sounds like um, Les Mayfield uh, sort of graduated USC. Yeah, probably around the same time, I'm assuming is like Joe Dante and oh, interesting. Who's that other fucker, Christopher Columbus? Yeah, the uh, explorer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. no, but the guy who that, who, that Chris animal. Columbus, the guy who did yeah that fucking animal. Yeah. Uh, Graduate uh, USC. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know. Yeah, the Home Alone director. Yeah, the Home Alone director, the Harry Potter one and two director. Um, yeah, I think he graduated with those those fellas, and I think it. Uh, 
I, I sound it sounds like based on the trajectory of his career, it sounds like he made a couple TV movies and he made some TV shows. He directed some episodes. You, yeah, and this then, is actually an interesting path. Yeah, it is weird. I, weird path. I haven't seen this. Yes, he went into directing behind the scenes featurettes. That's right, Apocalypse Now, Hearts of Darkness, or whatever he produced or co-directed or something yeah yeah and he and he did some for disney too and i was like i've never thought about the people who direct those yeah well you know why because when they're on set they're the worst yeah yeah they do suck they do suck hey can we actually have can we have this prop that we're filming with currently no it's in the scene (laughs) anyways yeah he interesting path and so then um but yeah, like his his directing style, he doesn't feel like he is an author of this movie. No. Um, maybe he is, and I'm just kind of dumb to his style, but he definitely feels like he's a hired gun. Yeah, And that for the sure. two heads are Hugh, Hughes, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and Williams, like yeah, Robin yeah. Williams, uh, Disney. This is actually kind of an interesting thing. Robin Williams was in a conflict with with Disney with Disney at this time. Yeah. They had done Aladdin. They had kind of fucked him on Aladdin. They paid him scale on a deal that he didn't fully agree with and they didn't really give him what he needed from the deal. Wow. Um and then he when he was making Ferngully, they were doing all these purposeful thing purposeful things to sabotage Ferngully. They were like buying the the production houses that they were filming in Jesus Christ. or animating in. And they were really trying to sabotage it. Yeah. They made it up to him by buying him a Picasso. And Ron Williams was like, all right, I'll come make Flubber. Oh, my God. But when they didn't know they what were going to. What a gonna... weird exchange. <laughs> right? Here's a Picasso. Yeah. Here's a Picasso. Like, it's something I like I can't imagine ever even seeing in my life. I don't have the money to buy a ticket to go see a Picasso. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, but when they didn't know if they were going to get him, they floated Christopher Lloyd, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that would have been good. John Lithgow. Tim Allen. Eh. You're going for Jeff Goldblum. Tim Allen would have been... Uh, okay, if we're being realistic, Tim yeah. Allen would have gotten it. Yeah. Because that was the height of Timmy the Toolman. Yeah. That was the height of... You got Santa Claus. You got a bunch... You got it Oh, you got fucking Toy Story, a too. A far more sardonic movie. Yeah. That's with a lot it, less joy. A lot less joy. Um, I think he would have been probably the choice, Tim Allen. But Jeff um, Goldblum would have been sick. Jeff Goldblum, I'm just a big Goldblum head. What about John Goodman? He was also on. John on the Goodman. List. Yeah. Um, that would have been good because I like his acting, but he's too much more. He's too Fred Flintstone, I think. Yeah, I think he was on Roseanne. I might be dumb right now. I'm pulling this up. He my was, ass, but I think he, he was, was on, on Roseanne. Roseanne at this time. He was. He's a little scary, to be honest. I think. Yeah. Even as Fred Flintstone, he's a little scary. John Hughes does have quite like a, a specific sense of humor, especially when it comes to kids' movies and slapstick. Yeah, and a lot of the jokes. Um, I am interested between Hughes and Williams. Who do you think has the biggest influence on the comic tone of Flubber? I unfortunately think uh, none of their comedic voices were really like heard in this movie. I think it. I really like Robin Williams when he's like doing Robin Williams stuff. Yeah. Like Mrs. Miss Doubtfire is even. I guess that's not. That's a kid movie too. Yeah. Uh, Miss Doubtfire is like hilarious, and um, I think Robin Williams does. Uh, I think 
um, just seeing like the behind the scenes of of like the b-roll stuff that, that looks insane that was on youtube uh for flubber um seeing him like just be just exist between takes is like way more interesting than him acting like when they say action and i feel like a lot of this was sort of subdued i don't know maybe by a producer who was like reining it in john hughes john hughes maybe maybe uh but it is a specific tone there is specific writing to it yeah. I think John Hughes is a funny person, but he's not so much. I mean, he does visual gags like in his movie, like Uncle Buck and stuff like that. Has like and Home Alone obviously is all visual gags. Yeah, but I don't think John Hughes is Rob Williams like, um, like hyper no they're hyperactive brain comedy. They're you know? conflicting. They are conflicting oh, totally. senses of humor. They are where one's like very written and one is very like in the moment. Yeah, this doesn't have to make sense to anything totally and not to say that ron williams can't deliver based on like good material no because i think he's actually a very good actor in this he's actually does some pretty good acting he's believable i think he's very sweet he's very sweet he figures out how to play what could be a too childish of a character yes and i think he figures out how to play him like an actual human i think i would agree with that yeah, I would totally agree. There's some nice like quiet moments in this movie that are could be played off complete completely schmaltzy. Yeah. And he kind of does I think you're right. He finds some way to like be be child childlike but not um acting like an like a child. Yeah. And I feel like he figures out how to balance the the mindless. Yeah. And the or the what's it called? The absent-mindedness. The absent-mindedness. Yeah. And the professor or yeah. like scientist. Totally. Where it's like, oh yeah, he's super wise. Yeah. And you kind of do believe, like at the end, you're like, oh maybe honestly, yeah. I do believe that this guy is a genius. Yeah. And his passion for work <laughs> is second to his passion for love, but his love is consuming him so much that he forgets about everything. Like he honestly kind of I, I do he's believe believable, it. right? Yeah. I mean, he made a fucking flying car and a sentient robot assistant. I mean he needs money to save the university. Yeah. You think he could just sell Weibo. You think he could just that's well he that was my need... that's my first comment actually. I said uh Weibo flies and feels and thinks for herself. And then I put in in quotations must find alternative fuel source. That will be the key to 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 financing the universe they call. I know. I was like you got you got a fucking robot, you idiot. Well, he's so absent-minded. He doesn't think about that. He doesn't concept. realize. He doesn't realize. And also, I don't think he would sell Weibo. It's his. No, but his... you can make copies. You can of make Weibo. copies of Weibo. You uh, did it once. You can do it again. Yeah. It's such a kids' movie thing. It where is. You're like we have to have this awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. So let's try to them um, search for something that's kind of less awesome. So in the original, in the absent-minded professor, yeah. there's a pet dog. He has a pet dog is as an assistant. That what it is? He has a pet dog as an assistant because back then, and I then think... there's a there's like a housekeeper. There's who, also a... who will be like, "You're late for your wedding." Yes. And then and in this, it's a robot. Yeah. And um, there's Weibo and there's WeBet. WeBet. And there's also Hudson or something. Yeah. There's like a robot that cleans things. Yeah. It's like the uh, the like Iron Man arms. Yeah. It's the Iron Man arms. <laughs> it's like Jar- the Jarvis arms. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, I do get, you know, they're both <laughs> Tony Stark and uh, Philip Brainerd. They're yeah. They're both... the same. They're absent minded. He forgets. He's always forgetting stuff. They're the creator archetype. Rob Downey Jr. and Ron Williams both used to be huge cokeheads. Oh, we yeah. found we found the link. We found the link. Um, 
The film was produced for an estimated budget of $80 million. Shit. It opened November 26, 1995. See, I have 1995 down here. This is throwing I, me off. Just stick with your note. You're probably correct. I think I, I'm I, wrong. I fucked it a little. I am wrong. IMDb says 1997. I'm wrong. I think it was in production in 95. Yeah. And then with all the uh, visual effects. Opened uh, opened November. Sorry. Produced for an estimated budget of $80 million. It opened November 26, 1997. Against Alien Resurrection. Oh, Jesus. Which, <laughs> if you want to go to a movie with your kids, which one do you want to go to? Alien Resurrection. <laughs> the, big, the, the big mama alien. Oh, Fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> the human-alien Sigourney Weaver hybrid that that says the words, the alien says the words mummy no as its brains are flying out into outer space. It's an insane movie. That's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen to this day. And not for the right reasons. I do love how the Alien franchise took leaps with their directors. They, they really did. They didn't always pan out. They didn't always pan out, but, it really but they worked. took the leaps. Um, it came... First at the box office, grossing a worldwide total of $178 million. Holy shit. Pretty good weekend. Toys <laughs> didn't find anything special, which is surprising. You'd think, you know, they had the flubber. Yeah. They had the, uh, the like, plastic and the... and the uh, Like, silly putty kind of... Yeah, and then the, like, beanie babies and stuff. And they yeah. also had a Happy Meal. But there's nothing really to write home about. So I didn't make a note, but I did find something interesting about the original 1960s movie. Uh oh. Now, Hasbro and Disney teamed up to create actual flubber. It's the it's 60s. It's a bouncy ball. It's, it's a bouncy ball? No, but it's the 60s. Oh, God. So think about what people in the 60s knew about chemicals. Oh, fuck. So they combined. Is it all just um, asbestos? They combined all this stuff. Oh, shit. And they put it out onto the market. Oh, no. And, uh,. Suddenly, all these kids started having head-to-toe rashes, oh, and they Jesus. were like, "I guess it's the disease. Currently, there's a disease <laughs> the traveling flubber. around California. It's that." And yeah. then they're like, "Across the nation, kids are bursting out in rashes. It turns out it's the flubber. It's the flubber. And apparently, it created a painful infection in hair follicles. Oh, Jesus! And it was banned Christ. one year later. The '60s were such a wild west of." Of diseases and chemicals. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had lawn darts. They had lawn darts? You just throw a dart into the air and then hope and it, hope it hit hits you. the Yeah. Hope it hits the lawn. I hope it hits the lawn. Not you. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Want to get into the after the rewatch? Sure. Let's do that. Great. Let's do that. Um, all right. Movie comes out. Spin forward to the year 2022. <laughs> Dana. Whoa, what's happening? <laughs> Will, what did you do to us? <laughs> it's spiraling. That, the room. Dana. Whoa, where am I? <laughs> this body. <laughs> checks un- checks pants. What? <laughs> Classic looks time like, travel aging. Movie. Uh, looks like I haven't grown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still no hair. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, that is that's such a classic time travel moment. Yeah, um, or like body switch. It is. It's a body switch moment. Yeah, uh, it's a real hot chick moment. It's a. It's a. Yes, it is. It's a Rob Schneider hot chick moment. God damn. There is a trope in this movie that is one of my all time favorite tropes. Yeah. If we were to do a top ten, 
we should do top, 10, top 10 of these tropes. Oh, okay. I don't know what to call it. I'm going to attempt to describe it to you in a sec, in, in a bit, when we get to it. Okay. But it's my favorite trope of any movie. Audience, put a marker on it. This put is a coming marker, up. Put a pin in this one. Yeah. Um, We'll get to that. Okay. Go, yeah. Engage. Um, what are some moments that stood out to you now, revisiting it as an adult in your adult body? Well, Will, you son of a bitch. This is uh this movie is part of a it's part of a a long line of movies we've seen together with Christopher McDonald. <laughs> By some weird co- happenstance, he's in every he's in every movie we've watched on this podcast. So he plays except for Emperor's New Groove, maybe. Yeah, he plays uh, I think like something Croft. Yeah, uh, assume, Professor Croft. I assume Laura Croft's father. Yes. Um, and uh, and he apparently he didn't want to take the movie because he's like, this is like every fucking role I've done. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing the asshole again. And then Robin Williams signed on. He was like, oh, I'll do. That. <laughs> is that true? I'll do that. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck's gonna turn down working for? Uh, this is what I do best. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's he's in here. And he's trying to steal Robin Williams's girl. Yeah, and he really has well, steal your girl energy. Well, not only that, uh, he has he has um, the audacity. He has re- you know he really does have steal your girl energy because he outright says, "You're not gonna make it to this wedding, and I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna start dating your fiance. I'm gonna steal your fiance from you." In the He's, first scene. In the first scene with him in it, he um, what I love about his performance is it has that energy of I don't really care that i'm in this movie i've done this a million times i've played the asshole in in happy gilmore in iron giant many 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 more movies i know how to heal i know how to <laughs> i know how to turn heel i know i know how to, <laughs> i know how to heal i love i'll give these fuckers what they want yeah he has the energy of a wwe wrestler yeah. heel wrestler another um, life he is and vince an, mcmahon yeah yeah vince mcmahon is his twin flame um, he, uh, he, uh, he has that energy of a, of a fan favorite villain wrestler taking the stage and going, stepping into the ring and, and giving the audience what they, what they want. Yeah. As soon as he steps into, uh, Phillip's like office. Yeah. Yeah. His like lecture hall or whatever. And was like, and he, right when he, when he did put that out on front street, yeah. I'm going to take your girlfriend. I yeah. was like, this is the best. It is. He, he's out his first couple lines are um like i love his villain rant that's does has no place in this movie whatsoever in the reality of this movie yet it works so well uh rob williams is uh absent-minded and he's in his he's in his desk or whatever in his lecture hall and he's like putting some things away and chris mcdonald shows up and he goes whatever happened to us oh i remember you uh I still you were the sh- genius. Yeah, I'll give you that. You were the better. You were the better professor. You were the better uh, scientist. But I, you were always messy. You're always absent-minded. Always, I was always there cleaning up your mess and you profiting know, and stealing from your it. and profiting from it. I'll grant you that. Like he's so he says all the beats that you're not supposed to say. Like it's almost like he should have at the end of his his rant. He should have said, "Oh shit, did I say that aloud? <laughs> Was that in my head?" It's like. Uh... It's like John Hughes just wrote out their character differences. And yeah. Then, and and, 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 and was like, sure, I could try to outthink you, but I'd probably go insane from that. And you're like, you can't just say that as dialogue. <laughs> you can't just say. It's like John Hughes wrote out temp temp dialogue. You know, he's like, oh, like without any subtext. Yeah. 
and then accidentally that draft was sent to set that day and and, and they just like and mcdonald's like no no i'll uh i'll, I'll say this i'll make this work i'll make this <laughs> yeah <laughs> that uh, is what's great about that him is great. He, he is shameless <laughs> he is shameless chris mcdonald shameless, most shameless <laughs> villain actor <laughs> character actor uh yeah he's he's really killing in this you know who i really loved who's that i love the chemistry between robin williams and uh marcia gay harden yes as who plays sarah yeah his like wife and they have this weird kind of like puppy love infatuation with each other yeah where you can really tell and it's probably because of how i identify with with the mindfulness that i was like oh my god she loves him even despite how much of an inconvenience he is to her. She's given him three chances to marry him, her. Yeah, and, and he like yeah. and the love that you see in like his eyes when talking to her. Oh, it's... it. I really like the chemistry, and they make it pretty believable they between do. two adults. Mm-hmm. They do, they do. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like it's sort of that that puppy love. Like in her own way, she's sort of childish as well. She's got this childlike, um, um, sensibility. Yeah. Um, like she's just very optimistic and she doesn't want to accept money from um like the the villain necessarily and she also she also respects i think uh Robin Williams's character um and like his morals yeah. like when they're both cornered in his in later on in the film by the villain i forgot his name the villain's name of this movie i'll find it okay um when they're cornered by him and his goons in their garage um and uh and he's trying to steal or he he's he's basically saying like give me the the designs of your flying car or else i'm not gonna finance your college and ron williams says no i'm not i'm gonna sell it i'm gonna make it on my own and then use that money to finance the college we don't need to accept your like fucking blood money uh the look that she gives him is like like oh i love you you know i love you for that i love you because you're you and also because you're like you you stick to your guns on your morals, and I was like, "That's nice. That's I do, very sweet." I like how this movie, and it's kind of like the only thing that this movie finds important, yeah, in characters is their principles, yeah. And it's like the only thing that separates. So the villain's name, pretty sick old white guy name, yeah, Chester Hoynernick. Chester Hoynernick, yeah, yeah, that's Hoy- old money. Chester Hoynernicker. That's even older. That's even older. Uh. Yeah, it's a perfect old, 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 old money name. His son, Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> Even better, Bennett. 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 Hoyt Bennett. Nicker. That is a son of a rich white dude. Bennett. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, yeah. And and like the only thing that separates Hoynenicker from Phillips is his principles. Yes. Which is really great. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's the only thing that she like finds. Not the only thing that she, but she, it's one thing that she really appreciates about him is his principles, which is really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about, like, I don't think it has this. This movie has the strongest, um, like moral or no or like I'd message. say this movie has no message. I don't think this movie has a grand message. Why? What did I write down? I, I mean, th- I think it does, but it's it's asking so many questions about ai technology it's posing more curiosity about ai and the and the implications of this guy's inventions than any other than human. anything else going on in the movie uh, i said uh some possible messages are like uh this movie has like a huge belief in love and like yeah the idea of like be good to those that you know take care of the people you love and like be be good to those who you you, you love and hopefully they'll love you for it 
and like also just like unfortunately this movie also has a message of like um like unconditionally love someone no matter what no matter if they treat you sometimes like or just forget about you sometimes just yeah you love love that person for it always Which, love them no matter what what no matter do. what unfortunately that's another message because you your alternative away. is the creepy is the creepy being. fucking christopher yeah you don't want to end up with christopher mcdonald yeah that is yeah. unfortunately that's a message but i also want to i i would like to i would like to take that message and twist it around that I think Robin, the idea was that Robin Williams, his character changed, his character arced, and he chose to be honest with her, and he chose to like, you know, because there's that scene where he breaks down in front of Weibo, and yeah. he says like, I just, you know, he gives a speech, I like, I just, I honestly, I love her too much, and it's the all-consuming love is making me absent-minded, you know, and then Weibo shows her that moment that she plays, she records him. Yeah. Plays it back. Replays footage from the movie. From the movie. To her. Replays the footage from the movie to her in her bed. And she now I think then she realizes like, oh wow, he actually really does love me. Um he's just distracted. He's he's, he's like he's yeah. He's 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 a horn dog. He's a <laughs> he's too horny to concentrate on anything. He's too else. fucking horny. Um Oh, that's the problem. I'm making him too damn horny. Yeah. So I think I think I'd like to say that like he does change at the end a little bit. Okay. But, I mean, that's kind of leaping. That's reaching. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, at the end, fast forward to the end, he misses their wedding again. Again. And it, he's missed it three times. And, the like, the prize that fucking, whatever her name is, Sarah gets, Marsha Gay Harden, yeah. is, oh, I get to have my wedding with a robot. Yeah. And... The robot hovers and plays him on a screen while he does work. Yeah. He can't set time aside to even be here with me. Yeah. It's kind of humiliating. It I is. I felt bad for her. I did. Too. I think she's getting a raw deal. She definitely is getting a raw deal. But I was like, oh, it's weird that you set up his flaws that he loves her too much because he can't overcome his flaw or else he doesn't, doesn't love her, love as, her much. as much. So I think, like, what would you have done? Like, what would you have I think what was his arc he's be? fucking absent-minded. I think he had... I think he needed to be... Yeah, I think like, he I is absent-minded. Too consumed with work, and yeah. you don't make the end of the story. This movie has a weird thing about, like, industrial, like, capitalism. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. like, at the end, like, he needs to make the... He, he needs, needs to sacrifice to the industrialization of his IP. Yeah, and then... But he's, like... His whole arc is set around like I work so hard because I love you. Yeah. Instead of being like, you know what, I'm gonna learn to stop work at five thirty. Yeah. And that like the rest of my day is for you. Yeah. It's like you know what, he really does love me for working that hard. And yeah. And just lets him keep working. He doesn't grow. He's not. He doesn't grow, grow, and she doesn't get a good deal out of this. And also, she's not being like reciprocated at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Her sacrifice thing. isn't being reciprocated. No. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, be funny if like they, uh, which is weird for John Hughes to not to like. I mean, I guess it was like coming out of the '80s and into the '90s. Of, like, this movie feels like a real, real '90s movie. Capitalism and all that garbage. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I had it in for 2022 remakes. But yeah. it's like in 2022, first of all, villain being an old white guy, perfect. Yeah, suits 2022 yeah, yeah, films really well. Yeah. Uh, fits the bill but uh you wouldn't have the inventor be like great i'm gonna sell this to a car company 
Okay, when they showed the Ford logo. I was like, wait, you didn't what? fucking go to someone bigger? You didn't try to make your own cars? <laughs> That's what the re- the remake would be. He finds a way. So he, he finds an old Elon Musk. He becomes Elon Musk. He finds an alternative fuel source, which is, I mean, not really alternative because it's using nuclear. It's using nuclear no, energy. No, because it produces flubber, produces its own f- energy. Right, but doesn't he use? He uses. Uh, he uses plutonium? isotopes to to, to stabilize it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and to keep like keep vibrating it, so right. it keeps producing energy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, it is it is an alternative fuel source. Yeah, a pretty good one. It's alternative from electricity and fuel. No emissions. No emissions. No. So, I guess I mean you might get cancer from it because it's plutonium. It's like isotopes. If you crash your car, you're fucked. Yeah, that thing's spraying all. But also, if you're flying if through you're flying the air, through the, to, to, through, <laughs> if you crash your car. You cl- crash your car. You're you're also dead because it's all T birds. It's all. Cars that were manufactured They're in the 50s all and 60s. 1961 T-Birds. Steel, uh, steel body, no crumpled technology. We used to have a car from this era growing Did up. Did you? It was the Vista Cruiser from oh, that, that 70s fuck. show. And we used to call it the tank. Nice. Those, it was made out of pure steel. Yeah, because anything you hit, it bad for them, good we for you. We hit multiple things. Yeah. Because my mom was not a good driver. She used to drive <laughs> with sunglasses on at night. <laughs> And uh, uh, and yeah, that car never got damaged. Yeah, is that so that no one could see her cry? No, I mean sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, but we were also pretty broke, and she just couldn't afford yeah. another pair of glasses. And for some reason, she, my mom, being a, the insane person she was, she bought prescription yeah, sunglasses. sunglasses. That's because she's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that is true. Um. It's just it seems weird and it seems like something that like if this movie was made now, you wouldn't have the hero side with the corporation. You'd have the hero either like but even now, honestly, twenty twenty two I was gonna say you wouldn't Elon people hate Elon Musk so much it would be like, no, he donate like Flubber you know what you could do? Flubber becomes like an unpatentable substance and everyone has access everyone has access it'd be but i'm gonna i'm gonna give go even farther that's what i would like to actually i would actually oh, it would be something different i think i would actually like the remake of this movie to be like something completely out of left field and like um yeah like sure like more left more like fucking like anti industrial yeah. like yeah everyone everyone gets flubber because it's it's a na- it's a naturally occurring substance and it's something that um everyone it's just flubber replaces everything and solves 100 percent of all our issues and the industry like completely crumbles we live in a flubtopia in a flubtopia essentially and like the rich the old rich villain uh fucking can't he he goes out of fucking business dies in rags he dies in fucking rags on the fucking street they shoot him dead like a dog in the streets 2023 2023 baby <laughs> um like ford goes out of business and all that yeah. shit because all their cars are being replaced with these flying t-birds and shit all these classic cars cuba is just awesome yeah, cuba's the shit. all these classic cars it's flying even around. better even better cuba's even better than it is now yeah. um but um uh i think even if this got made uh now i think especially owned by disney now Disney now they don't the company that owns everything yeah I think it'd be still pro industry I think it'd still be really yeah I mean Space Jam oh I guess that wasn't Disney here's what I imagine yeah Disney yeah 
imagines themselves as Flubber. Yeah. So they go. They think. Brainard Industries yeah. rules everything. Yeah. And it's a utopia. It is. Not realizing that, how terrible that it would be if Disney owned everything. I think that's exactly right. That's that's exactly like, what I'm great. saying. We get all of our water from Brainard <laughs> Industries. We get yeah. like we, we 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 yeah that they own all the all of our houses are created from Flubber. Yeah. Yeah, like I think that's actually it. I think you look at Avengers movies. That's the ending. You look at all the Disney properties that are coming out now. I thought Space Jam. I thought Space Jam Two was Disney, but I'm that's now Warner Brothers. now realizing it's Warner Brothers. They go through the Warner's verse. They go through. Obviously. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like Warner, the Warner verse, and Disney, and all that garbage. Like every big conglomeration studio conglomerate is making movies. Um, subtextually telling people that to trust industry and to trust like brands. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very bizarre. I don't so like it. I hate it. Uh, but it, I feel like if this movie came out now, I think it'd still be pro industry. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out who the mo- who the monster would be. Yeah, and I wonder. What are you thinking? I, I wonder if they would make like I wonder if they would make now if it would be like something. That's like the climate crisis, right? Or like resource crisis, where there's no actual villain. Maybe there's a couple villains, yeah. But like, it's more of a we gotta fix the world's problems. Yeah, let's create one one company, one that, giant that, company that, that, that we can that, blame that runs the world. Yeah. Um. Or if it would be like, like aliens. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I, I, I wonder if it would become. If they couldn't have it be a small town story, yeah. if they had to make Flubber, that the world's in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it, might be big, through, big, big, yeah. big, bigger. That yeah. Flubber comes out of space. He doesn't actually invent it. I mean, that honestly could be it. Would be like comes. He comes. Why from is this meteor? one guy hoarding Flubber? Yeah. And then he learns I can't hoard Flubber. It I have to share to it with everyone. Yeah, yeah. That actually might be. That what? might be it. That was pretty good. I hope they don't make Flubber as a new series. But I'm sure soon they're gonna get to the bottom of the Disney stuff, and I'm they're like, gonna... we got this absent-minded professor thing coming. What can we do with well, this? Yeah, this property. How do we use this property? Made How do we commodify movies? everything that we've ever made? We've made six of these movies. How are we not gonna make more money? Yeah, yeah. Um, one, the last thing that I really liked from my rewatch. Yeah, I'm sure you have more. No, that's a... <laughs> but Weebu. Yeah. So. I love. What I find really interesting is the film's fascination with Weebu and how the film's more interested with Weebu than Flubber. But because it has to market itself as Flubber, that Weebu kind of takes a back seat, but really is the most interesting thing. And you can tell that it's what the movies really cares about. Yes. Is like asking questions about like artificial life and like ethics and they give these really huge ideas and it's almost like uh John Hughes just read like a Isaac Asimov book yeah and was like whoa we need to start discussing ai yes it's uh it's like ahead of its time a little bit with the yeah. ai stuff i mean there's some ex machina vibes yeah uh i think the most interesting stuff in this movie no matter how bizarre it is um, for a kids movie, is uh, Weebo falling in love with Rob Williams? Yeah, and when it starts, I'm like, oh, evil robot! Like, yeah, this robot sabotaging his relationship. Um, yeah, this thing is gonna be the villain. Yeah, 
and she's gonna get jealous about flubber and then you're like oh no this is just a weird human emotional she like, loves him self-aware robot who loves him and then when she and it's like oh, there's all these little ideas yeah like she creates a human avatar for herself yes. who's a projected hologram just so that she can be with him yeah or touch him and it's so like that, her meets um fucking it's very her it's very her it's kind of like blade runner 2049 yeah when uh when robin williams uh that's a, <laughs> when ryan gosling that's what i mean like it's it's very yeah. like isaac asimov who like yeah, wrote yeah. The, the book that blade runner is based on and yeah. all the and i robot um where it's like really like exploring what ai may feel yeah. and what like the complications of it might be even to the point where like she has a child with him like when she dies they oh, don't just yeah. reboot another reboot we she's she like we bet she's like i made a version of me without the flaws that's a little better it's my daughter and with a little more of you which is literally being like i hope this is what my kid is yeah 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 this is the kid that you and i made yeah against his consent yeah not cool yeah. but <laughs> yeah but it is weird that they like that they give this robot such a crazy character arc and all the other characters have almost no arcs i know and she's the she only even one has a death yeah and, and she's... a rebirth whoa huh. this should whoa. be called weibo they should make a weibo series. they should well that's gonna be in the leslie jones it's gonna be a spinoff of flubber 2023 it'll be the uh we bet the we bets the we the weibos the Weibo book of Weibo book of Weibo that's what's gonna be <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> um, but yeah I just find that really an in yeah. trust trust trusting yeah uh, do it you is. think do you think this movie has huge ambitions and it has to, and it's kind of confined by having to be about flubber um that's a good way of looking at it. that that's sort of a, a sort of a nicer way of putting it i think i think this movie has like zero ambition <laughs> and and uh i think it has interesting stuff in it that john hughes was probably like oh save this for later or like this you know these are things that are super interesting but just not explored yeah and uh i think having the movie be called flubber um which you know like having the movie being called Flubber and not the absent-minded professor is obviously a marketing tool yeah. for young kids. But yeah, I think to its own detriment, it they don't feature Flubber at all as much as I remember. If you take out the Vegas-style dance sequence... Flubber's not really a part of it. Or there's no character of Flubber. Like, like you could just call it the absent-minded professor. Yeah, because it's, it it's be, about it Robin Williams. Yeah, and Weibo and Sarah. Yeah, Flubber is kind of like a catalyst. Flubber is a catalyst. Flubber is. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like another comparison because there's probably so many of them. I would say they messed up by calling it Flubber. Yeah, but again, everyone knows what Flubber is. And yeah. everyone, there's an instant recognize, like recognition with Flubber. Because they got the iconography down. It's this green, gooey, gooey little silly little monkey. Yeah. I also, head. I got to say something I never realized. Yeah. I didn't realize Flubber was just anti-gravity. Like, it's just an anti-gravity substance. I never realized oh. that that's... 
That's the thing of Flubber. That that's the gimmick of Flubber. I thought Flubber was like, what if you gave life to, to a, a thing of green goo? You know what? You're exactly right. Why is Flubber sentient? It has no reason for being sentient. It I has think no reason to be sentient. I think because he pulls a hair of uh, of his head. And Does he do that? <laughs> oh, I fucking missed that. Yeah, you know the scientist move. You pull a strand of hair out and then drop it into whatever you're making. Right. Um. And then I think that might have gave it life, but I remember at one point she's like, Weebo's like, you know, you, you might have gave it too much free will. That's right. But it's really like in the other movie, it's just an anti gravity piece of rubber. Yeah. And it's weird that it can think and feel, um, assume, assuming that it does those things. Well, it's kind of interesting now that, that you mentioned it. So it has a part of. It has since it's from his hair. Do you think Flubber is like a part of his personality that is Robin Williams esque? That is like does the mambo. Can, Interesting. Is a silly little monkey little piece of rubber. Have you ever seen the movie Monkey Bone? Yes, with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yes. Would you want to do that on the podcast? Uh, yes. Cool. Okay. I wonder if it is. I. I. They might not. Might not even be connected. But uh. The monkey verse is this part of the monkey verse? I wonder if there is some kind of untapped. I wonder if Flubber represents like his love, his love for her, or like yeah, yeah, his like excitement, his euphoria. Oh shit! Remember when he's like talking about, hey, we cracked it, we did it, we fucking did it. Every fiber of my being is filled with euphoria for you. Yes, that's his essence, his his mojo. Uh, concentrated and put into rubber, into into flying rubber, is flubber. That's the energy that makes everything fly. Because that's how she makes him feel. I honestly can't believe that that's that we got to that. <laughs> we would have never touched on that. I don't think anyone a- actually has. <laughs> I don't think John Hughes has. <laughs> I, think, I think John Hughes. I think one executive was like. So why does it work? And then he's like, uh, "Fucking drop some hair in it or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably an, dude. That was, on, that was an on the day decision. <laughs> that was oh, oh shit, God. oh wow. shit. We don't really know why it's sentient. And then Ron Williams goes, "I have an idea. What if I? Uh, what if I? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, oh. What if I? What if I drop? What if I dropped a piece of hair? In my oh no, not my hair." Uh, and he did a whole bit, and they went, "Oh, actually, that's not bad. What if he? Dro- what if we? Could you do that, Robin? Can we see you do that?" Hey Robin, Robin, can we can you, we we're just gonna line it up? Can you do? Let's that? have a try. Let's have a try. Let's let's, let's try one, one with you with the hair. <laughs> uh, did the quality, did the quality <laughs> of uh, of the animation affect your viewing? Not at all. I was shocked. It was bad or good? No, I was shocked how good this yeah, movie me looks. Too. This looks like a modern movie. It holds up very well, other than a couple of things. I th- yeah. Other than a couple of things, some mo- like mainly when the car is landing yeah. or like motion things don't really line up sometimes. Camera movements outside, I think, really affect it. Yeah, that's a good point. But everything else, everything else looks fucking great. Yeah, I was very shocked. Hold, held up very well. Flubber holds up yeah. very well. So I, uh, ILM Industrial Lights and Magic, the shit. Uh, they are the best. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, I believe they had, they developed a technology for CGI that was like, it got light coming through surfaces, like right. through the goo. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that was the technology that they developed on Flubber. On Flubber. Which kind of aided everything else. I heard it was, it was, they were struggling with, 
because they ILM did Star Wars and Jurassic Park and all that shit. Um, I heard that for Jurassic Park, the big thing was um, creating an armature for the. It was like for some reason, Jurassic Park was easier to animate at the time because uh, the way dinosaurs are dinosaurs are like opaque, semi semi reflective. <clears throat> Um, like creatures with an armature and muscles and teeth and like, uh, and and not like gelatinous masses. So oh. so when they're animating the dinosaurs, they have like a skeleton they can rig and like muscles and skin to and teeth and eyes. So it whereas like up. Flubber is just like a like a like homogenous goop with that you can that is reflective and transparent. And like it was harder to animate because of that, and which is, lines are coming through it, and too. lines are coming through it, which is like the opposite. I'm not an animator, so I don't know. But for some reason in my head, I'm like, oh, it's easier to to animate like a goo ball than it is like a fucking a we realistic had Nick dinosaur. Carlin on here. Yeah, we should have had Nick Carlin. Fuck, would this would have been this. a Carlin episode for sure, and a little dork minute for him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can splice him in. Can we give him a call? <laughs> no. We phone a friend. No, Nick Iron's not allowed on this podcast. Yeah, after what he did. Yeah. I will only let him return for Osmosis Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do find it interesting. Um, I think if you asked anyone and you're like, what's harder, Jurassic Park or Flubber to animate? Yeah. People will be like, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, sure. you fucking idiot. Apparently Flubber. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I was surprised how good this thing looked. And yeah. I was not expecting it. And yeah. I think almost everything holds up. There's only, yeah. Only, only, only a handful of things. Yeah. So, audience, if you plan on rewatching this, don't worry. Don't, don't worry about. Don't worry about the effects. Uh, Weibo is like a half. I think she's animated in in some scenes, but she's also half pra- uh, practical. practical. Yeah. They had like a whole puppet system that looked really fucking wow. cool. They had like a, a pneumatic tubes to like move her like oh. uh, her like um rudders and like flaps and stuff like that and her like little screen popped out and everything so i was like oh it's pretty cool this would have been a great film to work on i think this would have been fun did you see the props guy i did did you see the props guy uh like putting a lab putting the suit on ron williams like putting when he's um experimenting with the paste and the hand cream and he has that that suit on that like radioactive suit on uh, he's getting zipped up by two. I'm assuming they're maybe wardrobe or maybe they're maybe they're props. Maybe they're a props person as well. But uh, he's getting z- zipped up and he's he's cracking all kinds of jokes with them. He's having fun. He's having a silly goose time with the with the crew with the onset crew. I feel like he'd be a ball. He'd be a he'd be an absolute ball to work with. I yeah. think. Um, what didn't work for you? Um, I think I think a lot. A lot of character stuff for me, like didn't super, didn't uh, didn't strike me, didn't strike any. This movie didn't strike any chords with me. Really. No, no, like, no, like emotional catharsis really. And it goes for big swings. It like, does. So, not gonna lie, guys. Weebo dies. Weebo dies, man. And there is a long, maybe three minute death There's scene. A, they they dedicate a lot of screen time to her death. And it's just Robin Williams talking to uh an abject. Yeah. Which to his credit. Really good. He and um Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. <laughs> the score really does a lot of work. Yeah. The score's carrying a lot of this movie. Um, yeah, that mambo that he wrote for the flubber dance. <laughs> he gets a separate credit. Did you see that? I saw music that by, by Daddy Elfman. And then it said flubber mambo. Flubber mambo. Mamba. 
by Denny Elfman. <laughs> so composed by Denny Elfman. Um, it was a radio hit. <laughs> top forty. Um, but, yeah, the Weibo death scene was powerful. <laughs> but again, like not a lot of emotion. Like I didn't feel a lot. Of, I was just kind of amazed that they're putting this much attention. Yeah. To it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think because they just they resolve the relationship so early. Yeah. Like he spoilers. He gets back together. Yeah, with, with Sarah, Sarah. Yeah. around minute 40 yeah. and then there's about a 40 fo- minute chunk of them trying to get the flying car back from the evil white dude yeah I'm gonna stop I'm gonna call him evil ah white. fuck it uh, it's 2022 yeah fuck no, it no uh, from uh, from Chester they're trying to get the flying car back from from Chester yeah. and that's really boring that's just it's a lot of super gags. boring the, the movie kind of drops off I feel like yeah I feel like I don't know what it, this movie would have to be like completely restructured i think i like, think a problem was that they based this he- like fucking... i i think they'd got the script for the mindless the, the absent-minded professor and yeah. then john hughes was like great i'll beef this up yeah and i think he was probably just not paying a lot of attention to it i i would agree with that yeah. i would i would agree with that for sure this movie you know now that i really think about it because we've been talking about it to death i think this movie feels like a 1960s this ha- this movie has the structure of a 1960s um uh wackadoodle comedy yeah which it is yeah. it literally has the structure of the movie from the 1960s which is a wackadoodle comedy yeah and combined with the over the top 90s slapstick violence of the slapstick violence of of Hughes and and company yeah that um, is very funny. That's actually that's a good flaw, it, dude. The so, it's not a good flaw. There's a lot of things that don't work in this movie, and they're quite obvious. If if anyone rewatches it, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like what doesn't really work in it, like yeah. the relationship and the actual character growth and all that stuff. The the not the not the ch- the choice not to explore the romantic relationship between Weibo and 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 Philip is like bizarre, and and a lot well, of stuff doesn't work. They explore it. They explore it for they sure. They just don't really find a conclusion. They there is no conclusion for it. There's no yeah. there's 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 no like flesh. To I was it. amazed about it. I was like, wait, when she creates a human persona for herself, I forgot about that. He's not even conscious for this. No, she does it all on her own because she's so head over heels for him. Yeah, and, wants and to he's so him. absent-minded he doesn't even realize it. He just thinks that she's his creation but yeah it does um what was your point oh i was just gonna say like a lot of stuff doesn't work in this movie yeah so much that i kind of gave up early on in the film trying to pick it apart and i was just like enjoying it that's true it is a leave your brain at hey be be absent be be absent-minded while you're watching this movie it is really like uh hey just sit down the actors are gonna have fun and it really does feel like the actors are are are, are ha- having fun. Apparently, Will Wheaton was like, for every, every take we would do with Robin Williams, yeah, we would do an alternative take that's not scripted, oh, and that's cool. a whole different movie. That is a whole. I wish I saw that movie to be honest. And I think I feel like they stuck to the script, yeah, and then didn't use a lot of his improv, like improv. That but you can tell right. when he's playing with Flubber, all that's improv. Yeah, I, I bet. which which is actually that's true. Yeah, because Flubber's never practical in this movie that's like the only time that you feel that he's happy yeah and like that robin williams is like in his moment let's the go he, there's a scene where there's a part where uh he 
when he first creates Flubber and he's like bouncing up and down and then he takes it and stretches it and puts his face in it. Yeah. And he and he makes little faces. That was all improvised. Wow. Um, I know the that. animators were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we what? didn't even, we didn't even know how to fucking do that. <laughs> Stretching it out and him sticking his face through it. You're the hacky sack king? What does that even mean? <laughs> and then he Russian dances. <laughs> oh. All right, uh, Lord Farquaad Award. Oh yeah. Now there's this is a clean movie. It's very clean. There's no. There's almost zero uh, adult uh, jokes in this. Yeah. The only thing. This is not an adult joke. It's not even a Lord Farquaad Award. It's just Ted Levine. Oh, plays. Uh, Wesson. Oh my the god! Henchman. That, so that's one of the things I highlighted as my favorite part of the movie. He um, plays one of the rich guy hench hench henchmen. The henchmen's name are Smith and Wesson. Oh really? Yeah, that's a pretty funny joke. It's like a, I love when bad guys are named after after guns. Anytime, anytime there's two goons in a movie sneaking around like little monkeys, I'm sold. Yeah, I love it. But this, so so Smith or Wesson? Which one? Wesson. Wesson. Ted Levine. This movie came after he played Bosco in Heat. Yep. And Buffalo Bill in, in Silence, Silence of, of the Lambs. Lambs. Fucking Buffalo Bill. Two iconic roles. Yeah. And then he went, hey, I'll, I'll play someone who gets fucking hit in the head with a bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. And he is troubling in the movie. His and voice is so recognizable. It's it, it's in especially in the darker scenes where he's poorly lit. And hearing that voice just cuts right through the boss. <laughs> Boss, we tried to get We him. tried to get him. I guess we just got to persuade him. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. This thing is terrifying. Boss, would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. Oh, oh I'd my fuck God. me so hard. That was yeah, one of the improv you takes. Get, yeah. um, you guys say flubber me. Flubber me. I'd flubber me so hard. Anyways. Um, it's just kind of surprising to see him in this movie. Well, now, yeah. And then Clancy Brown. Dude. Who's also notable actor? That he's in Shawshank, rocks. and he's in. He does a voice for I think like. He also Mr. Krabs or something. He's also in, in Billions. He is in Billions, isn't and he? He's really good in Billions. See, yeah, you got some good A-list actors or like great performers playing these two henchmen, Smith and Weston. Yeah, no, this movie's filled with Weston. great actors. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It like is. even like from Chris McDonald, Chris. Like seriously, they get literally like the best people, the best villain. At what they do. Yes. Like, they got Will Wheaton. They got Will Wheaton. They got uh, whoever this guy is. I should definitely look up his name, who plays uh, uh, Chester Hoinernicker. Yeah. He's a great villain, too. He, he was good. He was good. He's a good tissue paper skin yeah. old guy. <laughs> uh, he was like uh, he was like me. Yeah. His skin looked like mine. <laughs> but uh, I really, really liked it. Yeah. I think I think the only one of the only things you can come away from this movie is... The performances are fantastic. They are. They... Besides, you know, like Williams, who you come for, yeah. is feeling a little subdued. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is sad. I, I don't. I. I. It would have been fun to see him go ham. Yeah. It's okay. You know, there's only like forty six other movies that you can watch him in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh... Oh, I put. I wrote down. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, this feels like. Like, he would never, like, probably at the height of his career, he wouldn't do Flubber, but Jim Carrey would have been a fun, oh, a fun alternative That would have been choice. cool. Yeah. Actually, that might have been better. 
It's he's a Jim. Car- I'm more of a Jim Carrey kid than a Robin Williams kid. Me too. I'm way more of a Jim Carrey kid. Yeah, that's. I think, again, I you know like people are aren't people are never team Robin Williams or team Jim Carrey. Like it's always just that's Ro- actually Robin Williams and Jim Carrey are both like the best at what they do slash did. That might be the '90s uh beatles v rolling stones oh were you a jim Car- williams or but people love both people love both and people ne- rarely say like one or the other no but i was definitely more in the camp of jim carrey because he was so Me silly too. yeah he was like the goofiest person and he I've came a little later seen. he was younger he when was we younger, were kids more energy um i wonder if they would have i it probably would have affected i like you wouldn't have the sweetness you know what it is though yeah, you you. Robin Williams is more of a words guy, more of an yeah. emotion, more of a sweet guy, and Carrie is more of a physical comedy. You could not have Flubber and Jim Carrey on in, in on the same screen. It would you, be too that'd be much. too much. You know what they should have done? Jim Carrey is Flubber. <laughs> Robin Williams is Robin Williams. He's he's Philip uh, Brainerd. I did at one point. I thought, I thought Flubber was gonna. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this. I thought Flubber was going to create and become a human. <laughs> like, like in Robin Williams' image? I forgot how this movie worked. And I was like, yeah, oh, maybe God. Flubber's the villain. And then I, because I forgot about the flying car. And I was like, how is this going to add to the plot? Yeah. Um, but that's actually, maybe that's the monkey bone aspect I was thinking. That That is a monkey bone aspect. Uh, but uh, the Brendan. Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, monkey, monkey bone. bone. We let's let, let's watch it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know this yeah. this this movie. I think it would it, would I show it to a kid in twenty twenty two, probably. Yeah. Would I watch it again as an adult in twenty twenty two? Probably not. Only with friends. Only with friends and drinking and and a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of social lubricant. Yeah, because this movie is not a great put it on while you're hanging out alone. Yeah. You'll feel weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would... Uh, also, good drinking game. Drink whenever anyone gets hit in the head. Oh, my God. So the bowling ball... Um, golf ball gag is a running gag in the whole movie. And I just think it's... Because it, Flubber, one of the tenets of, of Flubber is that it never loses kinetic energy. Yeah. Right? That's it why it produces it more. It only produces more. So the bowling ball and the golf ball uh are bouncing continuously in this movie after the gag is finished so it hits the two goons in the head and it goes it goes fl- the, the two balls go flying into the air and then every anytime like interstellar guys... there's a temporal factor to it and the the two guys smith and weston weston uh have to figure out when it's gonna land so that they can run to the car and drive out of there and they keep getting hit by the same fucking balls. Even like four days later. Four days later, there's the balls are still fucking bouncing in the same spot, and uh, they hit. They get hit again, which I think is a funny reoccurring gag, which the, works within the logic. The first time I was like, "Oh man, this movie did not escape without the John <laughs> Hughes, without John Hughes's little bowling ball, little uh, garnish, little on top. garnish." <laughs> and then, and then. When, there we when, go. when when they come and they go to intimidate Phil and Sarah for the car and they're walking yeah. away, 
and they get hit. I was like, that's perfect. That's fucking brilliant timing. That's the payoff that I need. It's good. Um, The trope I wanted to talk about, I don't know what to call it, so I just called it the classic, like, 80s, 90s Spielberg. Um, It's when, in a movie, something happens. Some big action piece is happening, and then the director will cut to a completely unassuming scene. So, like, for instance, the... For for instance, it's the classic uh in this movie it happens like four or five times. It's this little boy being tucked into bed by his father. I'm assuming it's his dad. Maybe it's his stepdad. We don't know. Yeah. And uh mom's boyfriend, maybe. Um Um and uh he goes, Don't worry, Billy. Uh there's no monsters out there. See, the window's shut. There's no monsters are gonna come smash into your window. And Flubber comes crashing through his window and bouncing all over the place. That's funny. Uh, happens a bunch of times. That kid more. is haunted. That kid is haunted. He's even at the end of the movie, he's on the plane with his dad and the window shade is drawn. So like, he can't see out the window and he goes, don't worry, Billy, we're going to Hawaii. There's no monsters in Hawaii and we're 30,000 feet up in the air. No one's going to, no one's going to, no monsters going to tag us there. Opens up the, the shade flying fucking car with Rob Williams in it with flubber in it he gets freaked out flubber uh flubber flies through the air and and meets the kid through the window and spreads across the window i think i love that trope i really love that trope too it happens so like jurassic park right the kid like it's so spielberg it's so spielberg it happens in other movies i I can't really think of it you like cut to civilians yeah doing random to see their perspective on the movie. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. That's, that's what That's like is. the Spielberg eye. Uh, it's like giving it context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very funny. I think when, there's a scene in Minority Report where these this family's like cooking burgers. Yeah. And then police crashing through on jetpack through their living room. And then a close-up shot of the jetpack searing the burgers as it goes across the counter. Just shit like that makes me fucking, makes me go wild. I think they even do like a John, a uh, who's his composer? John Williams. John Williams, like an, even a John Williams, like run up the <laughs> little little uh, flourish, a little yeah. of magic. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that does not fit in that movie. No, but it stands out. Happens so. all the time. In Jurassic Park. You got the kid, uh, the Lost World. When the T Rex comes to San Francisco, you got you got the kid being like, "Oh, I'm afraid of dad, mom, dad. There's a there's a dinosaur out my window." And they're like, oh, come on. Shut the fuck up. Like, okay, let me check. on. Dad gets up. Let me check under the bed. And he goes, and there's a fucking dinosaur out there, and it's eating their dog. Transformers. You have the same thing. The little girl jumps out of bed. She's all sleepy. And there's a transformer in their pool. And it gets out. And they go, and she goes, are you, excuse me, are you the tooth fairy? Oh, I remember. And then the dad goes, holy cow, what happened to the pool? Those are really good. They're my favorite trope. They're my favorite trope. Anyways, I I I had to mention that that trope because this. Let's set that down and let's let's put a pin in that, and let's uh, you know what audience remove the marker that I told you to put in that at the beginning (laughs) of 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 the show. Let's do that as a top five soon. Okay, let's do that. That's a fun top. Let's do that soon because I love those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gonna be Spielberg pretty much. I think it's mainly Spielberg adjacent movies that he's produced or. Would you show Flubber to a kid in t- the year 2022? Yeah, yeah, maybe. 
right. if they're young and they're like bored. Um, is there anything? Hey, else? kid, <laughs> want to watch this movie? <laughs> Do you have any other closing <laughs> comments on Flubber before we uh, get to the outro? Um, let me check. Uh, nah, nah, it's okay. Great. I compare this movie to. There's like several little, like scientist, goofy scientist, ma- man movies. Yeah, it's like Nutty Professor and Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting that this is just like another like scientist makes kind of wacky invention and has like a funny sidekick movie. Nutty Professor, also a 1960s movie. That's right. I think there's something with 60s. And science. And chemistry labs. Yeah, for sure there is. I do miss. Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle. Honestly, I think meth messed up uh, beakers and science kits. Oh, yeah. Because now you can't see those without thinking about Breaking Bad. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I really miss... A science, like a, a, a chemistry set. In, in, I miss in, that in, too. In a movie. I miss that too. Everything's computers now. Meth meth ruins everything. It wrecks your teeth. Wrecks your teeth. And the science in your Wrecks movies. your brain and it fucking wrecks the the image, the iconography of a science, ke- a chemistry set. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Dana, it's been yeah. great to have you, man. Oh, it's great being back. It's great to be here. Um, Has there been... Yeah. Have you uh, seen a recent movie that you think if it came out when you were a kid, it would have been your favorite? Yeah, Jackass 4. Um, Solid choice. Saw that the other day and uh, had some good nostalgia, nice. especially at the end. They do a little they do a little um, sizzle reel at the end of the movie, and it was very touching. Aww. Showed old footage of old pranks, old gags that they've done. And compared them to gags they did now, forty years later, or whatever. Whoa! Or 50, yeah, thirty years later, or whatever. And it, it was very touching. That sounds nice great. To see. I can't fun. wait to watch that. Yeah, Jackass Four. Um, but no, in terms of uh, actual movies that you would show your 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 possible niece or nephew. I mean, Jackass is still on the plate. Okay, I could show them. You that. could show them Jackass Four. Then I'm a cool uncle. Um, you're you, you are a cool. You uncle. want to watch someone get gored by a bull? Yeah, you want to see your fucking balls being hit. <laughs> See Flubber. You want to see someone get pubic hair shaved and put on their face unknowingly and then dress up like a super offensive terrorist? <laughs> you want to see an early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. Every movie in the early 2000s. You want to see a movie with two thousand early 2000s politics yeah. in it? Uh, yeah, that's... that's. Uh, I haven't really seen much that I'd show a kid. I mean, Jackass 4 is pretty good. Jackass 4. I'll yeah. st- I'm going to go with that answer. Great I'm gonna answer. Stick to it. I'm going to commit to nice. that answer fully. Extreme own- ownership. Yeah, extreme ownership over that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to tell the audience about, Dana? You're um, a fantastic filmmaker. I appreciate You're pretty it. cool. I'm just finishing editing uh, this little short film that I made last summer with my best buds. Oh. And I'm excited about finishing sound design on that and uh releasing that somewhere maybe on vimeo or something i can't wait to watch it i appreciate it uh when that comes out please come back on the podcast and we'll talk about it i'll be back i I will be back i think honestly every time you come on i tell you this but i love the movies you make oh that's so so nice you do have vimeo right i do have a vimeo do you want to give it out it's my name it's dana bon tempo not von tempo as some people think on the phone 
I hate ICBC. Dana Von Tempo sucks. Dana Von Tempo, Here's my arch thing. nemesis. Terrible filmmaker. Horrible filmmaker. Yeah, he might be bringing you down. Uh, that's the reason. That's the reason. That's the reason why I have a hard time making movies so often is because this fucker takes all your fun. Takes all my fun away. Yeah, he even looks like you. Yeah, he looks just like but me. But he has a twisted mustache. Yeah, he can grow a mustache. <laughs> He's me, but he can grow a mustache. <laughs> all right, Dana. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, man. thanks for having me. So good to have you. It's great, great to be here. It's so funny. Just, 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 just to chat. We just start a loop. Go back into the podcast. We just, uh... Uh, Dana, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much thanks for, for joining. Listening. Everyone, thanks. <laughs> everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been what will we watch? Please join us uh, on Instagram. You can, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Follow us, like our posts. We need it. Honestly, we need it. We uh... <laughs> please help us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. Tell anyone. If someone likes kids' movies or they were even a child once, tell, please tell them about this podcast because we really need more listeners. Will you don't have to kneel. You don't have. You really don't have to kneel on. You know what? I'm gonna take out this. Don't knife. beg. I'm gonna don't, take out this. Don't do that. Ow. Oh, he's cutting his palm. Oh, this is the blood that I shed for you. Oh, Just tell, Jesus, Will. Please tell friends about the podcast. Our... And please go on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and have your review read on the podcast. Ow. Oh, no, you don't you, so much. I know you 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 cut it you cut it so deep. I'm going to I'm going to Vincent Van Gogh it. <laughs> you know, oh my god, your oh. whole ear. How are you going to podcast with one ear? Even better, because I'm going to have more experience. Oh, oh, no. And you're you're giving me the ear as a gift? He, take Thank it. you. This okay, for, I'll take it. I'll post this on Instagram. That's how much I appreciate guests for oh, coming on my podcast. Jesus Christ. Thank you. And audience members, please listen to the podcast. And please tell friends. Remember to go on Apple Podcasts to rate and review. Five stars. You get your podcast read on the... You got your review read on the podcast. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you. This is just to get a break and read one of our sponsors who uh, are so kindly supporting our show. All right. I uh, really want to tell you about this great new product, Weeboo, from the absent mind of Professor Philip Brainard. Weeboo is the all-in-one caregiver. Automate your home and life with Weeboo. From sabotaging your love life to creating a human hologram to kiss you in your sleep. Weeboo's advanced AI will have you asking, is this really necessary? Act now. Go to Machete's Spy Shop. That is M-A-C-H-E-T-E-S Spy Shop. More than just spy supplies and save 15% with promo code WILLWATCH. Weeboo, 